is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore. You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore. And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics. Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it. Peace! Hello world and welcome to Notorious P.O.D. This is The Chronic episode. I'm your host John Bass and this week I am joined by content and podcast producer for Bleacher Report Football, Jay Dilla Tattooed, hip-hop aficionado and creator of the Crate 808 podcast, Killer Cam. <laughs> How you doing mate? You good? I'm right, I'm getting these like intros as long as I can. <laughs> I like them. One yeah, day it's going to be like 20 minutes of someone's intro <laughs> and then it'll like get into it. But How are you doing? I'm good man, I'm good. Thank you for having me on mate, I'm a big fan, big fan mate. Thank, thank you very much. It's good to have like a podcast that's dedicated to like the old heads. I know you don't want to be seen as old mate, but... The like... thing is I'm looking old. <laughs> so like people are like, oh you look really good for 40, I'm like, no, I'm like 33. They're like, oh right, shit. Mate, you've not got cul-de-sacs in your hairline. Now, I've got cul-de-sacs, that's pretty bad. You know. <laughs> but do you know what, I notice I've got some greys now on the side. Okay. It's, it's charming, mate. Yeah. It's charming, yeah. I'm alright with that, actually. I, I think yeah. like the grey is quite like, yeah. endearing, isn't it? I think it is, mate, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think getting your beard, getting in your beard, mate. Yeah, I think yeah. Well, my a bit beard, character. My beard's got like quite gingery bits, and I've heard that they go grey. That's like ah. the thing. So I think my beard will go grey first. Which, again, I'm happy with that. But then why isn't there many like grey-haired hip-hop artists? It's a good point. Probably because thinking. they all die young. <laughs> <laughs> they, get, they get shot before so they reach their like mid Yeah, because you think like, no, every, like Jay-Z's hair right now, yeah. looking pretty good, better than probably he's ever looked. Yeah, he's look, he is looking better than he's ever looked. Yeah, say. I'm like, that's Beyonce, isn't it? That's the yeah. Beyonce factor. It's a bit like the David Beckham posh vice thing. It's like they get yeah. a woman in their life with a bit of style. It's there. And they mould them. Yeah, I want someone just to go full on, I'm old, here's my grey hair, yeah. bang. I yeah, need that. And live the dream. Who, who yeah. would be the most likely to like just like go grey in here? I want it to be Rizza, but he's always yeah. got his head like, I don't know, he's always got his head covered when I see him. Maybe he's thing. gone grey already. <laughs> and he's just on he's the cover. Anyone, no. He's just like damage control shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, yeah, like yeah, it's not yeah. very hip hop, is it? Dying your hair, but then I, I feel know. like there's no one's got like, grey hair. I feel like they're all dying their hair, mate. They must be. That's it. I think that's what it is, they're trying to look young. Yeah. I reckon there's like a memo that's gone round. But how's Cube got no grey hair? I know. He looks the same. He hasn't yeah. aged a day. He looks as angry yeah, as the early nineties. <laughs> it's weird because he's like his son now. They basically are like looking the same age, and I think I'm convinced that his son's going to get older, and he's just going to stay looking the same. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. and then he'll play his son in a remake <laughs> of no, forget yeah, it, forget it. Too many layers. It's too many layers. <laughs> too many layers. And um, yeah. so, mate, the reason, well, many reasons why I wanted to have you on. One of them is obviously you're a massive hip hop head. And your your body is covered in tattoos of, of <laughs> hip hop stuff, which is always uh, a good sign. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Well, mate, it's uh, it's the culture, isn't it? If you're so you're like similar age to me. I'm a little bit older, but yeah, I think when you're that young and it just is a fascinating world that sort of just transports you outside of like yeah. I grew up in like an ex pit village in Yorkshire. So like you're in this kind of completely different environment, yeah. and I think when it grabs you at that age and you get invested in the art and the message and just, I mean, it's a lifestyle, isn't it? It's, and then you become, like, just it's just part of your everyday life, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's, a, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think that's one of the, for me anyway, it's one of the most kind of endearing elements of being, uh, like, a British hip-hop fan. It's because if you grow up in America, essentially grow up with it, it's kind of, like, part of uh, the lifestyle, part of life. Yeah. But if you grow up in the UK like we did, you're kind of, 
you either find it and it yeah. does something to you, yeah. or it doesn't, and it's yeah. just another genre. And like for us, I wouldn't say that we consider it a genre; we consider it a culture, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And, that, and that's what I find really interesting about like UK hip hop heads is that it really means a lot because you're either invested in it or absolutely, you're not. man, absolutely. And, I, and I've heard some of your other podcasts before with a few of the heads that have like been invested in the culture like a what like for yeah. a while, and. Um, I just find like when you get into that, like I remember getting to UK hip hop, uh, probably more like into my later teens and then into my early twenties. And when you're in the culture, you go to freestyle concerts. Yeah. And, like, and these little like I think we went to Foreign Beggars gig at like in Mile End in like the noughties, and the power went off. And there was oh okay the gig's over it's over now and then it's like no foreign beggars were like no what we're gonna do is um, we're just gonna freestyle we're gonna cipher we're gonna come to the crowd and oh everyone's gonna God. cipher Super. and you're like that feels like it's some culture like yeah. another normal gig you pay for would just probably quit and get your money back or whatever but no you're there and like I think it was Stig of the Dump and people like that are in the in, it just happened to be in the crowd they're yeah, like yeah. yeah go on then we'll cipher and you're like fuck this is amazing man. yeah so, this is incredible so I think the UK hip hop angle is like I still feel like I know we've got grime nowadays but I love the idea of we took the culture embraced it and made it our own as well like yeah you for know, sure kind of thing so. yeah we've got there's been a lot of uh, a lot of chats kind of people getting in contact with us about doing some UK hip hop albums and we're definitely going to do that so maybe, that. maybe come back on mate oh man we'll if you're doing Skinny Man if you're doing the oh, Skinny mate, Man cancel stay in mind definitely be doing that I'm in I'm in yes. yeah I want to do uh, Sagas of Kalashnikov uh, I want to do Cancer State of Mind yeah. there's loads of people asking for like Task Force um, look, yes. mate, we're going to get into it if you can somehow get Chester P on here to do your freestyle imagine mate. I'm in I'm in, you imagine that? I'm in. Has it, by the way has anybody got audio of this like do you remember this rumour about him and Common going at it and there was a freestyle they went at and I think it was in London somewhere and he killed Common Oh, shit. Have you heard about this? No, well, I've heard the rumour. Yeah, I don't want to hear audio of this because I've never heard audio. It's just this like kind of urban myth that goes around that like, he just killed Common. I feel like that, though, is that that is the typical urban myth where it's just like, of course our guy is one. Like, <laughs> like it's the classic Everybody in Chicago is like, here, he killed some random UK guy. Yeah, so they probably like, didn't even talk about it. He was just like, well, what was the fucking point of that? And everyone's going, do you hear about what happened with Common? And like, that's smashed to bits. Well, of course we're backing our guy. Like, I love yeah, that. Yeah, of course, man, um, of course. But the other reason, aside from you being a massive hip hop head, is uh, we've been speaking about your podcast series which is coming out very soon Crate 808 so tell us a little bit about yeah man uh, yeah well first of all thank you for letting me on here to talk to people about it um, and second of all yeah it basically became it's mate it's snowballed man it's yeah. taken over my life <laughs> like I, I, I'm married I've got kids I've got like a proper hectic job and then it gets to a point where I'm like you know what last year I thought I don't mind just doing a podcast, because I've done podcasts before, sure. I used to produce um, a few pods and stuff like that, like Guardian Football Weekly and stuff like that, so I've done these pods, mm. and I thought like, I'm just not, I don't mind doing something I'm, I'm really am passionate about, Yeah. so we started doing this one, um, and it started with uh, just me and my mates pretty much getting together and debating hip-hop albums, because I feel like as hip-hop heads, it's one of the few genres that I think that uh, you can argue for days oh, over top fives, yeah. over albums, best posse cuts, all this. Yeah. And we just thought, you know what, let's get in a room, let's get a mic, let's do it. And then it spiralled from there to a thing where Create 808 is basically like, uh, it's the podcast, but we have these debates on there where we talk about which album do we think should get into Create 808, yeah. which is like a wall of sound, like a hall of fame. Yeah, it's kind of like, I kind of uh, explained it to people, as like, it's like Room 101 for hip-hop. Mm, but for good things. But it's for like, good things yeah. you've got to keep. Yes, yeah. exactly. So um, it started like that, and then slowly but surely I thought, you know what, let's just go for it. And I just want to talk to people from the 90s, and like people who shaped the way I not only look at music, but yeah. look at life, man. Like, I think like, 
what is it? Who would Kara say about uh, the fifth pillar of hip hop being knowledge or knowledge, some shit? Yeah, <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah. That's so Kara. It's one of that. You feel like you know what? All this music, it's party music. It's like you you can drive to it, you can chill to it, you can get with your missus or whatever. But then it's like it also makes you think differently about like politics and yeah, and life. So I thought I just want to talk to these people. So yeah, we got a few people to interview. So it's the the editor of Hip Hop Connection, wow. which I used to read all the time. He'll be on. Uh, we've got a few journalists, Andrew Emery, I don't know if you've ever read some of his books, he's really good. And then we're going to have people like, uh, I'm not sure if people know his name, but you'll know his work. There's uh, a photographer who's like a pioneer, mate, from oh, the wow. 90s, called Chi Modu, he should be on. Uh, and he did photos of like Pac and Biggie, and, and so we're going to interview him. Wow, I just want to hear the stories, man, yeah, and like his, like his art, really. Yeah. And from there we're going on to, uh, we should hopefully have Foreign Beggars on, which should be quite good, oh, so hopefully they come on. And then we've got um, just a few artists here and there, and people who are, just want to talk to, really, and just get their idea on 90s hip-hop and stuff yeah. like that. I so you've got two absolute legends in the game, from the podcasting game. God. Might, might be doing it. I heard some boys from the Notorious P.O.D. might be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> mate, we, mate, we want the P.O.D. takeover, man, definitely. <laughs> so hopefully at some point, come on board. I would love to have you and your boys like, argue yeah. for albums. Because I think that's the beauty of it. Because we love, love the art, right? Yeah, well, of course. But I want to know. I think you hit the nail like, absolutely on the head in terms of like as a culture, hip-hop is very different to other um, music forms in the sense of everything's a competition. Yeah. Like the actual art form itself is like... You know, I'm better than you and I'm going to prove it. And it's, it's very much kind of confrontational in its nature, a lot of hip-hop. Mm. And that's what I think is makes it such a fascinating thing, is that element of it. And that's why I think kind of arguing cases for those <laughs> albums is like it's, perfect hip-hop yeah, thing to do. Exactly, man. Definitely, so, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's yeah. going to be cool. So when when are you thinking that's going to be released? Because you're going to release it as like a complete series, is that right? I was going to release it as a series. Uh, so now it's going to be... Because uh, we've got so much content, we were like, look, we'll drop... Drop like I think we're gonna drop like three or four episodes cool. to begin with, and then drop them weekly. And oh, okay. they'll be pre-recorded. So end of May, Brilliant. end of May, hopefully. So, so yeah, we'll obviously like be pushing that, and promoting it. On cool, man. Yeah. And then of course we'll be giving you boys shout-outs all the time. You know that. Yeah, man, it's gonna be good. <laughs> really looking forward to that. Um, okay, so we when we were talking um, before, I said, oh, you got to come on the pod, and I said to you, there's a couple of things you got to do. You've always got to do when you come on this pod, <laughs> yeah. and everyone has to do it if you're a guest. Um, you got to answer two classic questions. Okay. Um, Imagine you're a boxer, you're going for the world title in your particular yeah. weight division. What is your boxing entrance music okay. that you're coming out to? Right, stumbling at imagining I'm a boxer right now. So right <laughs> everyone, everyone does exactly the same thing, which is like, all right, yeah, I've got to imagine yeah. I'm a boxer. That's I'm going to get hit in the face hard. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, so, mate, so I had to think about this, and I, um, I'm guessing you've probably had the classic one already, but I, I, I would have gone Simon Says. Yeah. Because that's strong. like the... I remember when that came on in the clubs, man, and people were just fighting the club. Yeah. And you were like, okay, people are up for this. Yeah. So for me, Simon Says, yeah. but I thought that might be a bit too obvious. So okay. if it's a bit too obvious, I have got another one, which is um, uh, Rebel Without a Pause, Public Enemy. Okay, yeah, fair. Because uh, I don't think I've ever heard uh, like boiling kettle whistle <laughs> get me so up for like fighting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just the kettle boiling. That's all it is. And the best use of it. I don't know anyone yeah. else who would use that. So yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Rebel Without a Pause, mate, because uh, Simon says it's been used. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure our friends from Coventry, Man Like Hugo, has used that. I knew it would be Man Like Hugo. I know him and yeah. I knew he'd use that. I okay. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Might be, might be wrong. Has anyone used um, Release Your Delph? No. 
fuck it, I'm using that. Go on, I'm using that. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> I'm, going with that. I'm going with that. Sorry, probably enemy, but that's the one. And the next one, the next classic question, mm-hmm. and people have like really looked at this, has become like a bone of contention for a lot of people. <laughs> you can pick one album that becomes the only music you can listen to forever. Now, we've had so and so's greatest hits, we've had <laughs> compilations like people pulling out Now 23 and all this sort of <laughs> shit. Um, so, what, what are you going for? Uh, Best of the Beatles. No, <laughs> no, I don't know, mate. Well, I had to think about this, and I was thinking, um, it's got to be an album pretty much that I listen to still now, right? Yeah. And I can still listen back to front, and it's just a boring answer, man, but it's going to have to be automatic. Yeah. It's going to have to be, because the way I looked at it is like, back to front, it's giving me everything from getting me hyped, thugged out. Yeah. It's giving me knowledge that yeah. I can still get stuff out of, like today. Yeah. It's taking me to different worlds, which is great. Production's tight. The rhyming is poetry, man. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and I can only liken it to because I work in sport, right? So it kind of gets quite boring when you're watching Messi, right? You know, yeah. you're watching Messi. It's like he's so incredible for so long, <laughs> it becomes just boring. Yeah, you know, like, it's kind of like automatic. Like people don't like I don't know. People like kind of sigh when I say it now. Yeah, I think. But that, I feel. Yeah, you're right. We become as a culture in just in human life we become accustomed to greatness right? and yeah. then start to go oh no fuck them like <laughs> oh, I'll have this guy instead even though yeah. they're not as good because they're yeah. on the come up or because it's new or absolutely yeah. man like I could have picked another album like, recently or whatever but I yeah. think if there's one that I just always go back to like it used to be Doggy Style but yeah. I think I've kind of like I don't know I love it but I'm not getting the same kind of uh, enrichment if you know what I mean yeah. uh, in, in life so I'm going with Automatic mate I'm going with Automatic man it's yeah. a good choice very good okay. choice um, right, we're going to get into a fairly new feature, which is called Street Report. I wanted to try and bring like some of the old school stuff we talk about kind of up to date. Um, so I wanted to talk about a couple of big stories this week. Uh, Nipsey Hussle, R.I.P. Yeah, man. Um, what are your sort of views, memories of Nipsey? Is See, it's the thing, like, so I, like, I love modern rap. I, like, yeah. I, I really do. I, I really enjoy like modern hip-hop, uh, and I get taken down for suggesting albums a lot in my groups. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. People just hate it on me all the time, but... With Nipsey, the thing is, I heard like uh, a few things. I wasn't a massive fan, yeah. But I remember when I think I don't know how many years ago this was, but when he dropped that hundred dollar mixtape, yeah. And that thing was just eye catching to me. Like, oh shit, what who hundred dollar mixtape? What the fuck? Yeah. And then kind of reading about him from there, and then realizing that do you know what, fuck, fair play, man. Like, mm. uh, you can easily just shit on that if you're not like in hip hop and being like, yeah, you know, he's just trying to make money or whatever. But the way I looked at him as a figure, it kind of links really well to what we're doing today, which is like, first of all, he's from like uh, uh, Compton. Well, no, he's from Crenshaw, right? But yeah. like, so we got like a California uh, like kind of rapper where you think that like Dre went from what he did and didn't change for anyone, yeah. And then also like was a massive entrepreneur to the point he's a billionaire, right? Nipsey Hussle, that entrepreneur thing, I thought was like really, really like I respected the fact that he could do it uh, and kind of be himself and the second thing like try to keep that kind of uh, dollar the, the in, in the black community yeah and I think it really links well to I don't know if you've seen Killer Mike's Netflix show not yet no but I've seen what it is do you know yeah. the premise of that then it's, it's yeah. very very it's, he ba- you see how hard it is in a country like America mm. where this art form obviously we love came from it's Mate, shits on that community so badly. Like he basically tries to uh, only spend money that stays in the black community, right? Yeah. And he can't even eat some days. Yeah. And you think, you know what? Someone like Nipsey Hussle was keeping it in that community, and 
he could have gone on to do so many big things and you think you know it's just his last album I'll be honest I really liked it uh, I know the Bleach Report office didn't like it because I would put it on <laughs> and they'd be like what is this shit but yeah. I genuinely really liked uh, Victory Lab right and it's Victory Lab yeah I think that's what it's called and um, yeah so I mean it's just sad man it's just sad mm. that this shit happens really but yeah yeah for sure I mean I, f- I guess for me I would be one of those sort of like uh, people in your chat that would be like oh no nah, it's new it's not for me just not <laughs> really, like, even listening to it yeah yeah just ignorant shit like yeah, oh yeah, no nah, yeah. nah, it's not for me um, but and I must admit I've not been a big fan or followed his career particularly but mm. I've always uh, kind of noted what he was doing like you said in the community yeah. and, and what he was trying to achieve in terms of you know just, just the betterment of his of his like own people his people yeah. in his community in his neighbourhood and I think that anyone that's trying to do that uh, you know for good reasons it is a positive thing so I think that was uh, it's really sad because it was from my understanding he was trying to help someone out at the time yeah and you know someone you know what's another take sh- shitty thing I hate about today as well like this happened if this happened when Pack and B went right I don't know if I'd be enjoying this as a young kid but like the video's everywhere as well yeah. like the video of him getting shot up and like when XXX went like last year yeah that and video, video right and you're like yeah. I don't know if I want to watch that to be fair. Yeah. Basically, it's giving me like a snuff video of like a rapper who's getting shot, and you think it's anything like one of the, my bugbears is anyone wants to get content out now and yeah, like of for like cutthroat just doing it. Yeah. And I feel like um, there's limits, and I just feel like that that I don't know. I've got a bit I've got a bit snowflake. Yeah, we did. No, I agree <laughs> with you. I think we live in a different time, don't we? Where you know you can essentially record something and get it out globally in mm. seconds, mm. Uh, and people don't necessarily stop to think whether they should or not. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's kind of I don't know. It's awful. Like he's got obviously like partner, and there's people that love him and care about him, and it's just mm. like that's just gone up instantly. Yeah, man. and pe- people do kind of see celebrity generally as very disposable. Yeah, and I think particularly hip hop, they just see rappers as like, oh, you live this type of life, therefore yeah. if you get shot, it's yeah. your own fault. But yeah. he wasn't that type of guy, man. Like he, he wasn't it. living that life. He was trying to through music. Mate, he was clever as fuck. Yeah, really. You actually read his, you read his interviews, and you're like, shit, he he must have read a shitloads of books because yeah. I'm like, oh fuck, he's citing people that you know I had to Google and shit. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so, yeah, yeah man, really smart guy. Sad man. Really sad. So R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle. Uh, the other bit of news this week, uh, and I was shocked by this. I couldn't really work it out. Uh, Twenty years ago this week, Nas released "I Am." 20, 20 years, years ago. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, fucking hell. Which Jesus is Christ. mad, because yeah. I was just like, whoa. Um, I still remember when I got that album. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, it's crazy. And I, I really like that album, actually. I think it's, uh, mm. it's decent. Definitely. Uh, and Nas is one of those weird things. We were talking about him earlier, obviously. Like, Illmatic is held up as, you know, one of those ones that if an alien landed on this planet, we'd be like, what's hip-hop? That would be one of the ones you would play to him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of his, like albums after that have, have often been derided as like, oh, they're, they're rubbish. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Actually, going back and like listening to some of his other stuff, like mm. there's some absolute genius on like some of those albums. Stillmatic, man. Stillmatic yeah. still got bangers on there. Like there's, I think that's right. I think you you're derided when you make an absolute stone cold classic yeah. in. It's not even in hip hop, man. That's like yeah. in music. That's yeah, like a, a classic. So it's like, I think you can easily be derided, but you know what? F- fuck it. Like I think yeah. with I am especially, like I've read a few things recently about it, and we mentioned it on the pod as well, which was like. Um, why did he go that way? Because clearly he had like this real rooted in yeah. maybe early 90s, eight, late, late 80s kind of like hip-hop culture, right? So Q-Tip, Lodge yeah. Professor, Primo were on there. And then I Am, he kind of shifted a little bit, yeah. a bit more mainstream, right? Yeah, although Nas is like is on that, isn't it? That's Prim. Yeah, so, so he still, so so he has, still he has, has bits, but yeah. Yeah, so it's like you have these things where you think, okay, so he, he, he tried to marry it a bit more, yeah. make it a bit more commercial, maybe, right? 
but I gave you power. Like, I mean, you hear that track and you're like, that's poetry. Like, yeah. you're, the, I'd never even thought about someone uh, shifting themselves into like that. That is genuinely like one of the most, and the instrumental is fucking hard as well. Yeah. Baby Power is up yeah. there, it's one of my all time favourite hip hop. And the message. Yeah. How are you gonna use Sting, mate? Like yeah. the middle class, like you yeah. know what I mean? Like he does fucking what is it? Uh, what is it? Meditation and shit. Yeah. You're like, no, you're gonna tackle, uh, tell a street tale yeah. with like this sample. And I don't know, man. The way I see, I am. Uh, there was an interview I read the other day with uh, oh, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Questlove, and he said, um, so you know, the, was it the '94 uh, Source Awards where yeah. where Shug started going in, yeah. and. Um, Dancing on the video. We've got to bring that up later. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing I read about what Quest Love was saying is, you know what, everyone's talking about that. He said, I was watching Naz at the Source Awards yeah. and he just slowly started to slump in his seat, like lower and lower, because he realised as the awards were going on, he wasn't getting anything. Yeah. He was getting fucked. He just released Illmatic and there's all these other people getting awards like who are selling shitloads of records and he's like, why the fuck am I even doing this? If yeah. I'm if I've just released a classic, and yeah, what is he eighteen, right? Yeah, eighteen, nineteen, and you're like, why the fuck am I even doing this? And I genuinely think I am. He had a little bit of an idea of like, do you know what? I, I want a bit of that. This, yeah. I want a bit of that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's kind of like penetrated his latter career. Is like I need mm. to buy into the sort of bad boy model, which is probably why he worked with Diddy. He's like, yeah. I need a couple of hits, and yeah. then the rest. Whereas you know when. You, a lot of artists do it. Like even if you look at like UK artists, like I remember Boy in the Corner when they came out yeah. of Dizzy Rascal, right? Yeah. There's nothing on there but just fucking bangers. Like and even even the the ones that became like commercially successful, mm. I don't think that that was necessarily the plan. I think he was like, I'm going to make this because I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I think as his career's got on, he started to go, well, there's a formula. Basically, <laughs> you put out singles, yeah. and it happens to so many artists where their mm. debut is absolutely amazing, and then the pressure comes from. Okay, we've got the critical success. We now need the commercial success. Yeah, and I think Nas has, um, you know, been sort of swept up in that whole thing where it's like it starts to get. A I bit think so, man. I think as he still tried to remain integrity as an artist at times yeah. as well. Like he's tried different things, and especially with Kanye's like latest project yeah, yeah. with him. So I think like he, he, it's fair play, man. Like, to me, he's a stone cold poet, mate. Like you know, he'll. he'll it, you talked about Klashnikov earlier. Like yeah. I remember when I first heard Klashnikov, and I was like, "That's the British Nas." Yeah, like, definitely. You're getting that same kind of thing from him. So, yeah, man, I, I, I still rate I am really do. Yeah, I like uh, it as well. Yeah, so yeah it's, it's good. good. Man. Right. So, uh, when we spoke about you coming on, we were talking about what albums, and you didn't really hesitate. You were like, "Mate, I want to do the Chronic, Chronic Man, all day," which is cool. <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, shit, yeah," because we did. Um, weirdly, we kind of did it out of sync and out of order. We've already done 2001. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah, which right. is. For me personally, uh, and this is kind of like considered like blasphemy in hip hop, but I've always preferred two thousand one. Okay. Because I heard it first, and I was at sort yeah. of the age like like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, "Fuck, man, this is amazing," and um, and then it was only later when I kind of like really listened to the Chronic and started to really appreciate that. So when people are always like, "Oh, like I want to do Dre," I immediately just think of two thousand one. That's interesting. Yeah, man. which is kind of weird, but. Um, so I think it's great that we're covering the chronic because I think that that will make it. That's just I think that's a generational thing for sure, definitely. But I also think like that says a lot about the artist, right? Like the fact that he made two in a decade, which yeah. are bona fide classics, I would yeah. say. Like for definitely, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, no man. Uh, uh, Two thousand and one is it's interesting when you look at it in the evolution of like where chronic was to where it yeah. came. But um, but yeah, man, I had to bring it. I had to bring it just because it's one of. The f- I think I learned my first words to crisscross. <laughs> and let me write. Like yeah. they're, they're the two where I was like, as a kid, I just knew every word to a lot of them lines, a lot of the uh, songs. 
and um, I'd heard Doggy Style first, yeah, uh, and and then I went backwards, uh, and and uh, even as a kid, I preferred Doggy Style. I did. I was just yeah. like that's I played it all the time. But the Chronic has this weird kind of rougher sound. It's not as polished, yeah. Uh, even though it is polished, but it's not as polished as Doggy Style. I think yeah. Yeah, Doggy Style's where we find it. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into that in terms of like the production style and how things have like how Dre kind of develops. We've got some really good questions actually about like Dre's kind of style and his motives in his career. So we'll get for into sure, that. Man, but, for, um, sure. for those of you that have listened before, you know this is a section where we talk about murder stats. They are basically your uh, stats and facts of the album, so you can get a bit more of a kind of analytical view. Um, so we'll get into those, and then we'll be back uh, to go through the rest of this album. The Chronic is the debut studio album by American hip-hop recording artist Dr. Dre. It was released on December the 15th, 1992 by record label Death Row Records and distributed by Interscope and Priority Records. Recording sessions for the album took place in June 1992 at Death Row Studios in LA. The album is named after a slang term for high-grade cannabis and its cover is a homage to zigzag rolling papers. It was Dr. Dre's first solo album after he departed from N.W.A. and its label Ruthless Records. The Chronic peaked at number three on the Billboard 200 and has been certified triple platinum, with sales of 5.7 million copies in the United States alone. This led to Dr. Dre becoming one of the top 10 best-selling American performing artists of 1993. Dr. Dre's production has been noted for popularizing the G-Funk subgenre within gangster rap. The Chronic has been widely regarded as one of the most important and influential albums of the 1990s and regarded by many fans and peers to be one of the most well-produced hip-hop albums of all time. The Chronic was ranked at 138 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. It produced three singles, Nothing But A G Thing, released November 19, 1992, Dre Day, May 20th, 1993, and Let Me Ride, September 13th, 1993. Those are your murder stats for Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Okay, so they were your murder stats. Anything uh, standing out to you, mate? Uh, yeah, man, there's a few things. Um, first of all, you noted the album cover, and yeah. I was so late to that, by the way. Yeah, I didn't so, realise that was a, a thing. Was. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if we, we had Rizzler, right? So I'm not yeah. sure if it was the same <laughs> thing. But like, yeah, but like, yeah that, that is just fucking cool. Like When you think yeah. about it afterwards, you're like... If I'd have known that and I was a weed smoker at like 15, 16, I'd have been yeah. like all over it. But yeah, no, nah, it's a really nice reference. Yeah, it's because we, like, we were talking about 2001 and it's like, that's a little bit more Route 1, isn't it? Just like a ganja leaf. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Straight on the front. You're out of the Bob Marley school of like, just like, <laughs> just a leaf. Yeah, let's just get the ganja leaf. Let's, let's just go yeah. Route 1 with it. But I like that subversion, man. I like yeah. that kind of like, uh, what's the word? Um, it's like thinking of your art yeah. as well as just the music, but it's like, how are we going to present it? How are we going to package this shit? Uh, so I like that, and also another interesting thing then, because it always makes me rethink about the timeline I grew up in. Like '93, you say there he's like one of the top ten like selling artists or something, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, basically, it was the top ten best selling American performing artists of 1993. One of one of the top Mate, ten, which pe- is incredible. People talk now about like oh. Hip hop went pop like in the noughties and it's like shit. Yeah. Nah, mate. Nineteen ninety or ninety three, they were going pop. Now that's popular. That's that's going pop. Mate, of course. And just as a side note, into I interviewed this guy for our creator uh, called Dan Lish, absolutely amazing artist. Um, he did Raekwon's album cover for Wild, the one that just oh, came out. Oh shit! The wow. one where he's like, uh, yeah, it's like cartoony, like smashing through the city. Yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. That one. And um, I was talking to him, and he's an old head. 
So like he's about ten years on me almost, right? Yeah. And he's telling me, and I was saying so hip hop wise, like you know what you're into and stuff. And he was telling me like you know when, when like all that happened to us, it was like nah, it's just a massive shift to where yeah. where we know hip hop is, which is like b boy and Public Enemy yeah. and Cool Herc. And you're like, do you know what? In '93, people were saying this shit was selling out, and yeah. like to us, it's like no nah, man, that's real. Yeah. And um, I just find that fascinating. I think sometimes we have to realign our thinking a little bit like for definite and this is why like again like I'm kind of open about my um, ignorance towards like the new hip hop is like every generation the sound slightly changes and evolves for better or for worse but it's just different and exactly like you said then those people that came up in the kind of like block parties the DJ Cool Hergs yeah, and it was kind of like Sugar Hill Gang kind yeah, of man. fun and party and when it then you like fast forward to like bring the ruckus <laughs> Like you know, you can understand why people are like it's not the same. Yeah, like, it's so off, much more hardcore. Yeah, so the message might still be there. Like we had that message, I suppose, yeah. like that kind of like uh, black empowerment and black identity. But like it is, the sound alone is just so yeah. much more hardcore. Totally different. And then if you you know kind of juxtapose what we were doing in '93 to what Dre's doing in '93, mm. the mm. difference in style and sound Absolutely, is man. is like vast, and you can see the difference in numbers. So like this album went triple platinum. And was number three on the Billboard 200. This is, this is what I've got to bring to this Which argument, man. Like, this is the thing, mad. like, what other... Well, we can get into it if you want to get into it, yeah. but like, it's, it's, for me, it's like, this Chronic album, it didn't just like... Um, you got to remember where it comes from, right? So you have all these kind of native tongues, so like, what's that, Q-Tip and Tribe Called Quest, and they're amazing, man. Della Soul, Public Enemy, Jungle all these Brothers, people. Yeah. Jungle Brothers, all these people bringing it. Uh, KRS-One, yeah. and there's this kind of like, uh, peaceful hippie message, almost. And like... Run DMC before that, so you have all this kind of like. Run DMC was seen as hard, man. Yeah, like, Public Enemy was seen as hard. And, and NWA, like, they made it gangster, right? Mm. I think the way I look at it is NWA made it, made it gangster and then made it popular, right? Yeah. But then Dre did the chronic and then took it global, mate. Yeah. Because NWA were huge, clearly, but no no one had something like uh, nothing, but a, um, ain't nothing But a G thing, right? Yeah. That was on like top of the pops and shit, man. Yeah. Like, come on, like that that that's another level of um what's the word? The catchiness as well. Yeah, what, like, what yeah, I think you're spot on. I think what he's done is he's like he's seen the way that NWA, the the gangster and the violence aspect can uh, create a spark and create an interest. Mm. But then what he's done is he's gone, okay, well keep that in the lyrical content, mm. but I'll make the sound yeah. Like laid back, chilled, Absolutely. funk, and that whole like G funk thing, mm-hmm. you know, this gangster funk, is so marketable to the ear. Yeah, like, you play it, and like you know, I remember playing some Dre stuff, and my mum would be like, "Oh, I know this record," and like she thinks it's the old record because it yeah. sounds really similar. Exactly, man. And then it's just like our oh, fucking drive bys and shit like that. <laughs> it's just like oh, this, I don't remember these words. Like, that, that's but that's it, what man. he's tapped into and, and created this like sound that is you know is nice on the ear and also keeps that gangster element that. You know, people find it exciting. You know? Definitely, man. When you talk about it musically, like the way it changed stuff, and that's so true. Like, think about um, everything before that was kind of very bomb squatty, which was like dense, hard, hundred miles an hour. Like, if you if you're going like Public Enemy and, and Ice Cube, especially mm. America's Most Wanted, when he left NWA, if you look at Ice Cube as an example of what the Chronic, how it just was a massive shift. Yeah. First of all, it makes a whole new genre. Yeah. You're going, you're going to HMV now, and it ain't just hip-hop and rap. 
it's hip hop and rap and gangster rap. Yeah. Like where you think like, okay, so NWA did that for sure, but then now you're getting more and more of it because the corporate people are like, holy shit, this is selling out massively. And 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 I feel like when you talk about like um, Ice Cube as an artist, he went from hectic hecticness like in America's Most Wanted, and he's like just going full throttle. Listen to um, then listen to Predator. Yeah, and it's a little bit more. Ch- it was a good day. Yeah, chilled out, a little bit more laid back. It's yeah. Dre influence. Like Dre basically made it all about that West Coast yeah. of we're gonna chill out right now. We're gonna drive at twenty miles an hour. We ain't gonna fucking yeah. Like it is weird, isn't it? Like when you say to people, oh, it's that West Coast sound. Like that's Dre. Like Dre's like yeah. made a whole coast have a sound. Yeah. But when you talk about New York, yeah, there's certain producers like you'll think of Primo and you'll think mm. of like Rizzo and you'll think of these like Pete Rocks. Mm. And but you can't go there's one New York sound. Whereas most people, if you went yeah. West Coast sound, they know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Like those like whistles, like those like funk influences. It's a bit man. slower and the flows tend to be a little bit slower. Like Definitely. It's really interesting that he's like created that legacy. And, and I feel like if you're creating a whole new genre, if you're creating something that influences rap for, let's say until maybe Bad Boy Records comes around. Yeah. And like it's another reason I love this album, right, is the fact that you can get tribal with this shit if you yeah. want it, right? Like, <laughs> as, as, like, if you get to it, like, he didn't just bring himself out. This album is like a flag in the ground. This is Death Row Records, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, this, is, this isn't just me. I'm bringing a whole click. First of all, I'm bringing probably one of, from the early 90s, probably the best MC. I know Cube's huge. I know Chuck D's huge. But Snoop, when he comes on, he changes the game. I mean, he was basically, like, the most hype artist in the game. Didn't have an album. Didn't have it on. It was just on this, just everyone's yeah. going, fuck me, like yeah. this guy's blowing up. And remember, mate, before this, fucking Deep Cover came out. Yeah. So Deep Cover comes out first, and it's, I, the one thing I changed about this album is just put that fucker on it. Yeah. Even yeah. as just like on the last track. Yeah. Like it would fit so seamlessly. And I think like when you have a click and you've got Snoop, Lady Rage, who I think needs more props in, in just general, like yeah. she doesn't get enough, um, Corrupt, who, let's be honest, is a fucking monster on the mic. Yeah. Nate Dog, Warren G, uh, bless him, RBX. Yeah. He's still bringing stuff, but at times I'm like, oh, mate. But, yeah. you know, RBX. And the character of Shook. Yeah. When you, when I, I remember, like, just getting besotted by just the yeah. label, like, the, 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 the image of Death Row yeah. Records. And then when Bad Boy comes out, they don't just bring Biggie. They're bringing, like, a whole click as well. Yeah. And I feel like this album is the thing that kind of made it uh, a tribal-like kind of thing where you're like... Yeah, uh, that's my click. And as a kid, as a thirteen-year-old, you're so childish. Yeah, like, nah, I don't listen to that boy, mate. I'm Mr. Defro, isn't it? That's I'm yeah. Mr. Defro, and that's where I think that like, this album again did something different. Like no one brought a whole crew, and we learned from that. Yeah, like, we were like, okay, we can do the same shit. Yeah, we can do that. Well, they elevated it to an even bigger extent, which is like they made that the thing. It's yeah. like we're a group, and we're all individuals, and yeah. and it was almost like very evident, like everyone's slightly different, and yeah. here's the thing, but we're one collective. And I think that they definitely were influenced by this idea of, of kind of, yeah, coming as a crew, coming as a complete package of eyes. Sure. Um, and in a weird way, it's kind of, there's a lot of mirrors with that in terms of like Dre being the creative linchpin yeah, to all those artists and RZA being like, well, I'll produce all the records. Yeah, yeah, it's really, yeah. That's yeah. really interesting. Actually. If only they hadn't fucked it up with Shug, man. That's it. <laughs> if, if they just kept it going. But yeah. Pack, Shug, it's just, you look back on it now, it's like a film, man. It's, yeah. just, it's just an amazing tale, you can tell. Like. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it, that we've had like the Tupac and Biggie movies, but actually, like, Death Row should have its own movie. Like, yeah, man. Entire I think movie. there's a Death Row Chronicles like series. Oh, that's cool. I, 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 everyone should just watch that. I know everyone's Defiant Ones was good. Yeah. But, uh, the Death Row Chronicles series, man. Gee, there's this, 
I've got to tell you this, but it's fucking hilarious. Corrupt, skinny little corrupt, right? <laughs> it's, it's like an outtake, and he's got this fucking fierce Rottweiler just with him. And he's like getting interviewed, and he's like laid back, chilling, he's like so gangster, and he's like, so what do you think to this? Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. And bless him, he's trying to hold on to this dog, and it just fucking goes off. It goes <laughs> at the cameraman, and he's like, oh shit, and the, and the camera just cuts, and you're like, did that cameraman survive? Yeah. What happened? He's I don't definitely know. been eating or buried <laughs> around the back of death row somewhere, in a car park. Yeah, exactly. He's under about 10 tonne of concrete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so exactly. when do you, because obviously this album means a lot to you, and you, you spoke obviously kind of fondly there about, you know, remembering it as a kid. Yeah, man. Do you remember the first time you came across the album? Uh, it, again, I mean... I'm just giving you context. Like, yeah. as a kid, I had nothing, mate. I yeah. was like, so I'm an Asian guy, and I was like the only brown guy in a school full of white people, right? Yeah. And to the point where they thought I was black, mate. <laughs> genuinely, like, genuinely, like, oh, Cam, you can dance, right? It's like, what do you mean I can dance? I can dance the bungra, yeah, I can do that, but I can't do like. And they're like, this is, this is, it was, and it shapes your mind as a yeah. 12, 13 year old. And bless my mum and dad, man, they worked fucking hard. Um, but when you were brought up in like, you're kind of on your own kind of thing, right? Yeah. And I remember like um, yeah, first hearing Criss Cross and then hearing Doggy Style and then my cousin being like, you ain't like that because of the swearing. And be like, all right, okay. And then when you start going to HMV, it's like, um, that was the only record store yeah. really near me. There was, I was in a village, man. There's no record store. There's no like, I hear all the stories like, oh, I'm going to Brighton and London and Manchester and all this, like all these wicked record stores. No, man, I had HMV. I had HMV in Meadowall and that was it. We had an, was it our price? Or Andy's Records. We had one of them, one of them two in like, the price. nearest town, and that was so shit. Yeah, like, man. And that's and I'm sorry, but you salvage shit. You're like you're just trying to salvage shit. And I remember, um, and I remember like you'd have Westwood and all that. But by that time, Chronic wasn't on the airwaves yeah, really exactly. at that time. It was all Snoop and other gangster gangster rap. And I just remember going um, to HMV and just seeing the cover and loving everything Dre's name's on anyway. Yeah. So just thinking, I need to get his first album. Remember, just bringing it, buying it putting it on and um, the thing that sticks out to me was <laughs> as a kid was he called Eazy-E a penguin looking motherfucker at the end of the <laughs> intro and I'm like really? does it like a penguin? and I didn't really know who Eazy-E was then I didn't know anything yeah, yeah. I was getting back and I was like holy shit he looks a little bit like that yeah okay because Dre said it yeah and, kind of uh, it. yeah and it's immature as fuck like, yeah. well the whole intro is really weird isn't it like Going out to all the people with big dicks and their AKs, and you're like, <laughs> fucking weird shit. Oh, mate, I had to tweet you that. Like, yeah, oh, mate, like, that at, what, me at what point, right? Is it in your interview process? Right, you got AK, AK's cool. Yeah, yeah you got one eight seven skills yeah. like that. Have you got a big dick? Yeah. Does it is it a requirement? What, what, kind of how is. you know what do you count as a big dick? Well, we've got to see it. We've got to see it. Let's get it out. We've got a scale. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interview process. Just you know, get yeah, it. It's like at, um, you know when you're on roller coasters and there's a height restriction. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it's a height and weight. It's a length and weight. And there's, and there's sugar in the corner. There's a cigar yeah. just waiting to see your dick going. Yeah. Yep, he's passed. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, mate. You ain't got a job. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine like we think you're the best in the game, but that dick is not big enough. <laughs> not nearly big enough. Well, that's what I mean. Like, so I think when I first heard it. I saw the cover, bought it, took it home, heard the penguin thing, made me laugh. <laughs> and then um, it was like a journey. And I remember, and it's a weird one, what sticks in my head, because now I don't even really listen back to the track, but I think yeah. it's, um, is it high powered? Where the intro is like, please listen to this on a high volume yeah. in a public place. Right, mate, as a, as a 14 year old, that to me is like, wow, that, like you're just fucking saying fuck you to everyone. And, yeah. and that was the track I used to just repeat over. And then, um, and then you start like going past that and listening to obviously G thing was like everywhere. Yeah. And, and then let me ride, man. Like yeah. So um, 
so yeah, I, I remember it just uh, just rinsing it completely, and, and it just being one of the most rinsed CDs I had. Yeah. And it went on to the point where I got a, well, I've got my first car, and yeah. uh, and Let Me Ride is probably the best oh. for me, the best track to listen to in it's, the car. It's, it's a thing of beauty, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just in the summer, the windows down. Yeah, just but like that, Peugeot two hundred six going like thirty miles an hour, so I don't crash into anything. It's just the and best bit is just that da, 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 that little gap of silence, <laughs> yeah, and then it comes back in, oh, and it's like, man, gee, that's what I'm saying, man. Like that's the what's the word? The the the, the meticulousness in the production, yeah. man, is is like just to cut it and bring it back in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. I, I remember just um, yeah, just rinsing it from that, and then uh, and, and then he didn't bring two thousand one out for so long. So it's kind of yeah. like you rinse it for years because there's no other drain. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I, that you know that's exactly what I was like with two thousand and one to the point where I was like I should I should like really go back and listen to the chronic because I need a gap to fill this like hiatus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, but you mentioned a couple of tracks there. Mm-hmm. What would you say are your favourite tracks from the album? I've mentioned it a few times there, but I think Let Me Ride is in my top yeah. ten of all time. It's, um, it's just so... like man. Everything about that, like the production of that, um, yeah. is just amazing. The sample, mate. The sample. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, the sample is amazing. I might actually... I'm not really allowed to, like for legal reasons, like play too much. <laughs> but because we're hip-hop, then we just, we just do what we, we like. do what we want. Yeah. <laughs> so, got the last little bit of the intro in there. Oh my list. I mean, my speakers in here are terrible. <laughs> oh, mate. Like, they're just a high pitch. It's just so yeah, big that, That's what I'm saying. And you know. Oh, mate. And it goes, it goes all the ends, then all the bitches, and then yeah. it's like with everyone saying. I remember yeah. them little things meaning so much to me back yeah. then. And. If you, two things there I just want to say is you know, we're saying, oh, just listen to that groove and the smoothness and the sample. Um, you were saying your mum like was like, yeah. uh, like oh that reminds me of an old track. So I was researching this for the Create 808 pod and they were like saying um, there's really interesting like audio, not audio, uh, oral history of this album yeah. where like people in Oakland, people in uh, West Coast who are from where Parliament are from, it said this is an album that kind of bridged not just the 80s and the 90s because it definitely does, it's like a yeah. rougher 80s sound to it. For sure. Uh, but it also bridged like um, the age generation gap, which was like funk heads would hear this mm. and be like, "Oh, it's just like a new funk." Yeah. They didn't even see it in rap. They were just funk, a new type of funk, which yeah. obviously G funk and all that. And I find that fascinating. Like that album could do that. Like it could bridge a generation, and people weren't shitting on it. Yeah. Like nowadays, people shit on rap, but back then they were like, "Fuck, this is fucking cool." And so I like the fact he kept it like that. And I feel like um, when you look at like the way. Again, Ice Cube's Bop Gun comes out, yeah. and this kind of George Clinton like era. I don't know who George Clinton was, yeah. but he's fascinating. The videos, and you know, we talk about the videos, the Let Me Ride video, right, man? Yeah. Have you watched it recently? Uh, not for a long time. Only when I first bought the album, yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any videos to this because again, the 2001 videos are really like famous, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely huge, and yeah. they're classic. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any videos. So I remember like going back and like watching it, and it, it get, you're right, like it really does bridge that like eighties gap. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, Everyone's cool. just partying. Yeah. Lady Rage is there, just hitting the switches on the fucking yeah. car. And I watched it again recently, right? And I fucking forgot about it. But you're watching it, cuts the music. It's just it doesn't cut the music. Sorry, it goes into a little fade, and there's just like a gang of women going into the toilet, right? And a gang of women walk out. And Ice Cube fucking walks out and he's like, you're damn right, it was a good day. And then he goes back into the oh, fucking song. Shit. And I'm like, oh shit, I forgot Cube was in the video. He's just like picking his throat. He's like, you're damn right, it was a good day. And there's so much like, 
as a kid again, you're like, oh shit, they hated each other after the MWA. Yeah. But now they don't anymore. Now yeah. they're mates. And like, now they're in each other's videos and shit. And like, and then they did like, was it Natural Born Killers and shit? And like, I feel like um, as a kid, there's so many things that you get invested in like, what's the word? Um, you know, some people get into comics, right? Yeah. And some people get into like programs and shit, and like Transformers. And like, you haven't invested, you're invested in characters. Mate, for sure. 100%. And I feel that's what it is in hip hop, right? Yeah. Like they're almost fictional superheroes. Yeah. Like Dre is like a fictional. Like, I didn't know he didn't write any of this. Like yeah. to be honest, he didn't write any of this. Doc, Snoop, they're yeah. writing this, right? And that's why this is kind of like a Snoop debut album as well. Like kind of is. Snoop. Yeah. Um, and then when you see like uh, him do him combined with another superhero like Ice Cube just as a kid you're like that's fucking cool it's like a Marvel film or some shit do you know what I think it's like I think we've spoken about it maybe on like the first ever episode we did with Corey mm. and um, we sort of like equated rappers to wrestlers yeah. so you have like the heels you know like the bad guys yes. and then you have like the sort of like the Premier League like kind of uh, elite level superstars that everyone loves that are the, the good guys such a good and then when they like kind of like they team up you're like oh my god this is amazing and then they fall out and you're like fuck like, like yeah. Nas and Jay Z yes and like you know there was this whole beef made them both better and then people like picked sides but like really they, they were like The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin like you should love them both yeah, yeah, but you yeah. had to pick a side yeah and it was like, that's what I kind of think about it. And you're exactly right in the sense of it almost becomes like caricature-ish. Definitely. And that's what's kind of brilliant though, is that you kind of fall in love with the differences mm. and the kind of way that they combine. And it's kind of cool when, you know, you find out these little stories. Like I listened yeah. to um, a really good podcast um, called Mogul. And okay. it's, it's basically about uh, Chris Lighty. He was like the manager of like uh, DMX, 50 Cent, oh, shit. Okay. loads of people. And um, basically the guy that did that, he's now passed away unfortunately, but he did this, he was a lawyer mm-hmm. uh, for hip hop. So he did like Jay-Z's deals and stuff like that. Oh, that's fascinating. And it's amazing. Um, Combat Jack is the name of the show. Mate, I love Combat Jack. Is that Chris Lighty? Yeah, he does the Chris Lighty documentary. Oh, right. Shit. Called Mogul. It's, it's on okay. like everywhere. Definitely, if you're a hip hop head and, yeah. you, and you want to listen to something like podcast wise, other yeah. than this, of course, and create 808, <laughs> yeah. um, check out Mogul because it is amazing because it okay. literally charts his whole life like and everything that he does. Oh, I bet the insight on that, like the inside stories are amazing. Which is like, it's just absolutely amazing. But he had, um, he had Raekwon on. Uh, on this Combat Jack show just as an interview yeah. Raycon was saying that he uh, used to go down to like Texas like just to get like out of New York and just have okay. some time and he just kept bumping into like in a certain club this guy and they kind of built up a friendship and every time he was there he'd like become his weed guy and he was like oh, I can get you some weed like sort you out and he goes oh, we chat for ages and they said oh, I'll rap a little bit like can I give you my demo and what? it was 2 chains. what the fuck yeah so Raycon like, was basically one of the people that Kind of helped Two Chains like launch his career. That's mad. Now, I'm not a that. massive Two Chains fan, but, but that's still. the sort of shit that I love. When yeah. like you're like, I never knew that. Yeah, like, yeah, these yeah. That's I'm gonna check that out, man. That sounds yeah, it's really part. cool. That's wicked, man. Yeah, definitely. So there's loads. Of, yeah, definitely check that out. Combat Jack show and uh, Mogul. Yeah, they're absolutely essential. Combat Jack, man. That that is a great part. But yeah, Mogul, I'm gonna get on that. Definitely. Yeah, really definitely, good. Man. Definitely. Cool. All right. Well, so we just we kind of went into a little bit about like the production on this album, and mm. Dre for me has always been like a producer first. Yeah. And like you mentioned there that, you know, as a rapper, like his voice is great and I think he's like that is half the battle. Yeah. He's like having a distinctive voice and you definitely. can recognise him straight away. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like his production is amazing. We we've spoke about the production on this album, but mm. uh, there was an interview, I think it was on Hot Ninety Seven, and Dre basically stated that his favourite producer of all time mm. is Jay Diller. Oh man. 
I know dog. both of us are big Dilla fans. You've got a tat of Dilla. No, I made the shining. Yeah, man. Like, which is wicked. Yeah, I, I've. I, I'm sorry, man, but I've like got to admit here. Like, I was late on Dilla. Yeah, I was late. Like, I love Tribe. I, I like the stuff he did. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, and. Um, Big shout out to my boy Rodney, yeah, because he'll never, ever, ever let me forget this, right? <laughs> and I, 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 to this day, it's like one of my biggest regrets. I've got two regrets. My first regret is this: is the fact that on my wedding day, I was given a Champions League ticket final, uh, Champions League final tickets to see Barca versus Man United, right? And I couldn't go because of my fucking wedding, and I was good. My second one <laughs> is I was at Farrah Munch at uh, Jazz Cafe. My mate Rodney was there. And he was like, oh, you're going to go see JD. And I was like, JD? Was like, Who's JD? He was like, I thought you meant Jermaine fucking Dupree. I was like, why are you going to go see Jermaine Dupree? Do you know what I mean? He's like, he's like, JD, you're not going to go see JD. It was who? Jay Diller. And I was like, who's Jay Diller? I was that late. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. really late to him. Actually. And Because um, again, this is the kind of thing when you grow up and you don't read about it, like you don't know about it. Yeah. And um, and he said to me, mate, he's playing. Like uh, I think it was in a month or something. He's playing. He's going to be down in Jazz Cafe. Do you want to come? And I was like... Oh, I'll be honest, man. I've got so many gigs booked and stuff. I'm gonna probably leave it, kind of thing. And that was the gig that everyone talks about now, where he was in a wheelchair and he yeah, came down yeah, yeah. and he gave me and he was like, "Do you want a ticket?" And I was like, "No, oh. fucking." And, and it's like an awful kind of kind of redemption thing. I mean, he's getting tattoos now, yeah, yeah. t-shirts, talking about him, almost calling my kid Dilla, yeah. all this stuff. Where I'm like, I never got that ticket, but I'm gonna try to make up for it. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. If you're up there looking down, I, I just didn't yeah, realize yeah. eating donuts every day. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I need to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like that. I think. Yeah, for me, Dylan Dylan's top five for me just because it's shaped. After that, I remember hearing Donuts. I remember hearing Shining, and it shaped my my age of like mid twenties. Yeah, uh, I seen them. Um, I think I mentioned this on the pod before, but it's, it's an amazing clip. You know, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, he's on some like Dutch TV program or something like that, and they're right. like asking him about like his favorite albums, and he's like, he gets through a few of them. And he's like, in his top two, I think is Rough Draft. And he basically like holds it up, and he's like going, "Oh, there was a moment like uh, a few years ago where I basically had some time off from the band, and I was just like uh, driving around in the desert on my own, and right. I just had this album basically to keep me company." And then he literally starts like welling up, and he's like, "I cannot tell you how much this album means to me." Like Jay Diller is the, one of the greatest what musicians. The holy fuck. And he's like literally like in tears, mate. mate. Please put this on your Twitter or something. Mate, I will. I will. It's amazing. I need to see. And that. he's like, and he's like, just like, yeah, it starts welling up, and he's like, you just got to listen to this album. I would never so have thought Flea as well. Yeah. Because I, I, I like lots of different genres of music. Yeah. I, 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 people hate me like saying, "Oh, you like everything, whatever," but I yeah. do, and I, I love the fact that Flea was a massive punk head. Yeah. And like you think. Holy fuck! Like you're a, a bona fide punk head, like like Black Flag type yeah. of shit, and then you're going to Jay Diller. Yeah, but I guess like it's amazing. I guess there's a certain point when you because you know Chili Peppers are a legendary group, right? Mm. And they're yeah. legendary guys. I think when you're at that level, you appreciate other like Just musical music. geniuses and yeah. musical people. Yeah. And I think that Diller has this like credibility across all genres that people in any genre is kind of. It's almost like uh, unfashionable not to put Dilla. Like if you're like I don't know, some jazz musician, you'd be like, "Well, Jay Diller, obviously." Is yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not one of them dicks. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I do genuinely have rinsed him. Like yeah. I hate them people who just go, "Yeah, Jay Diller in it," because it's yeah. loads of artwork and yeah. shit. Like, it's the easy thing cool to say guy. to try and get credibility, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it who's is. like, "Oh, Jay Diller, of course." Yeah, you go to shortage, someone's going to say that, aren't they? Yeah, like, of course. <laughs> like but but the problem is, is like I feel like maybe I'll get put in that category. <laughs> No, but like, I know you're bonafide, man. Yeah. You're a hip hop podcast. You're good. You're that, good. Well, yeah, but that's that's even more hipster now, isn't it? I've got a beard. Like I live in East London. I've got a hip hop podcast that's about '90s hip hop specifically, and now I've got a tattoo as well. So it's like that's perfect. Oh, mate, we're, um, both, we're both a bear. So who's making up your top five producers? So Dilla. 
Dilla, Dre, uh, yeah. Dre's in there just because, uh, again, we'll talk about it later, but Dre, yeah. um, I would say Primo, yeah, I'm wearing my Primo shirt right now, Hats yeah. Rep, um, Mass Appeal, that kind of thing, it, again, it's just obvious, like, you can't think of a beat that's going to change the way you walk, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and just, thing. like, relentless amounts of classics yeah. for so many eyes. And you know what, another person who, you know this type of shit where I used to get as a kid, again, like... I remember putting Wu-Tang on and people shitting on it like yeah. all the time. The only hip-hop I could play in the common room was fucking Will Smith and shit. Do you <laughs> know what I mean, right? People shitting on my art, the, the, the people, yeah. art I love, right? I also remember like um, being the other way around. Hip-hop artists shitting on the fact that you like rock or punk yeah. or, or uh, electro music. I love dubstep, burial, shit like that. Yeah. People shit on it. Going, oh. The thing I love about Primo is when you listen to interviews with him, mate, he was at New Wave gigs and shit. Oh, mate. Stop it, that. <laughs> Yeah, right. When you were talking there, I was just thinking, didn't you put a thing up about what's your favourite Primo instrumental? <laughs> that's that thing I was like, like, yeah, that's mate, it, yeah, yeah. So Ghetto by Jay-Z, by Preem. Listen to that. Mate, that's Woo! what I'm saying. Mate, that's what I'm crazy. saying, mate. Naz is like... Mate, yeah. fucking, what is that one, Jury the Damager? Come Clean? Yeah, Come oh, Clean is amazing. God. That's supposed to be a Fat Joe beat as well. Fat yeah. Joe said no to that. How do you say no to that? And also... Um, What's it called? Uh, Ten Crack Commandments, Biggie, mm-hmm. was supposed to be for Jury. And he. Oh, yeah, uh, didn't they, they sell it? Yeah, yeah they shit. sold it in the end. Did you put this on I your think talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing this. Uh, Primo, by the way, like the stories that guy's got from hip hop, because like, he was loved by, on all coasts by every fucker. Mate, he was in the chronic sessions. Yeah, exactly. He was sitting there in the chronic sessions. Like, he was the go to guy for everyone. Like, if you wanted to create. Because for me, like, we're talking about Dre's, like, created that West Coast sound, and that is essentially down to him. If you if you push me and said what is the New York sound, I'll play you Prima. Yeah, because it's just it, boom it's, bap like perfect. Exactly, it's great, and that's what brought it back from the G funk. Like, I think yeah. everyone's trying to be a gangster and and just bringing it to the chronic. I know we're going to talk about producers, but just bringing yeah. it to the chronic. One thing I did want to mention is the fact that you know we talk about when it came out and like how it changed the music. Yeah, what I thought is, is another thing is like in a, in a in a bad and good way, but like majority bad. If you love the message of hip hop, you know all these kind of like again hippie rap that was coming out before yeah. then. A tribe and all that as soon as Dre drops the chronic it is kind of made redundant yeah. like you don't hear they don't sell they're yeah. just not selling anymore like Della Soul aren't selling any more albums yeah. because all the corporations all the kind of uh, the muscle goes towards the fact that we want gangster rap now yeah. and I feel like that's what this album ushers in as well mm. So, but then when Primo comes back that's when the, and, and RZA that's when the New York sound comes back yeah and, and Riz is also in my in my, in my top five, so uh, that, oh, that's nice, a segue. Nice, nice segue, segue, right? <laughs> Love it, mate. But no, Riz is in the top five just because uh, well, I've got a Wu tattoo as well. So yeah. like, like Riz, we were the ones, man. I like I. What what can I say that hasn't already been said, man? Yeah. Like they changed the game. They to this day are like timeless, man. Timeless. Yeah. Um, and um, so I'll say my top five. What we have got? Dre, Dilla, Premier, Riza. Oh yeah, so my fifth one. Fuck man, you bastard for doing this because I, I, <laughs> there's so many. Like, yeah. obviously you got. I'm sorry, I'll rate Q-tip. Like Q-tip's up there, yeah, right? But mate, for sure. I think if it's going with like my favourites and who I rinse, it's it's got to be Madlib. Yeah, oh, mate, it's a great it's got show. Got Madlib just because he keeps doing new things yeah. as well. Like, and, and MF Doom's in my top five MCs, and it's like he hit when him and Madlib do things. It's incredible. Yeah. I remember hearing Madlib's uh, beat conductor series when he did the India one. Yeah, mate, that's amazing. That whole series, beat, uh, mate, beat, that's incredible. Mate, the South American one's good, yeah. but just as a, as, a, as an Asian guy, I put the Indian one on. My missus was like, "Whoa, whoa, rewind that!" Like she, she genuinely, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. she was like, "What is that?" She'd never heard it. Yeah. Mate, my father-in-law, 
A Gujarati like six year old Queen fan, like Bob Marley Queen, that's what he likes. So, I mean, he's in the car, and I was playing that Madeley Beaconer's tape, and he's like, he genuinely was really interested in the samples he's used and stuff like that. And you think, Madeley is like, I don't, he's not underrated, but he's like, I don't know, I don't hear many people in the UK talking about him that much, but yeah. I, I, I'd put him in there for me, top uh, five. Yeah, mate, it's a good shout. I think, in, in very similar ways to Dilla. Uh, he is underrated in the sense of like to the real heads they know who he is and they respect him like way beyond most of the people yeah. that the general public maybe or, goes the other way but yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think that he's kind of suffered from the fact that he is he is putting out brilliant music not necessarily commercial like yeah. sounding music and absolutely you know Diller I think was in the same category and, and Madlib was one of those that yeah his his ability and genius should not be underrated I know. the guy is fucking listen to Chunkin' Sound now Dinner and Madden, listen to that now, and you're like, whoa, actually, yeah. fuck. Like, the I'm, Red, oh, I've got, got to play it. <laughs> the Red, by the way, is an absolute fucking banger. Is, is this the one that an advert ruined? There's one, there's a Champion Sound track, I don't know if anyone out there has got it, but there's one that an advert used, and I was like, what? You're using Champion Sound? I don't know if it's this one, there was another one. That they, yeah, the, there's like a few... Um, when you hear like stuff that you really like get rinsed, you're just like, you're just like, this is so annoying. This is never there. It's never. I say, Madlib really went for it there. It's like a bit of na- National Express like clip for you. Um. Oh my god, mate, mate, that's crazy. Go it's... to one of them. You have. You actually heard your part. Go to one of them dinner tribute nights, man. Yeah, mate. I've... That's that's actually not the one I was thinking of, but uh, but that when yeah, that anyway, comes on, when that comes on, even that comes on at a dinner tribute or anything, it's just killer. It's just killer. Yeah, oh mate, this is this is how ghetto our like show is. Just, I love it though. It's it's DIY smashing. man, DIY. Yeah, it's not what I was thinking of. What am I Which one are you thinking of it? Oh mate, I'll I'll find it. I'll work that out in a minute. But, but yeah. yeah, again, Madly being the one where like uh, again Stones throw in it. It's like that kind of hipster. People do like it because of the. It sort of hits the vibe, but he keeps bringing new shit out. The Freddie Freddie Gibbs Pinata album is incredible. Yeah, like that I mean, shit, man. Yeah, that's, that's so. Yeah, Madlib's in there. Yeah, actually, I feel confident with that five. Yeah, I mate, that's strong. Mate, I'm having a nightmare here. That's not it what is. I'm thinking of. I think you just like the red, mate. I think that's what it is. <laughs> uh, right, I'm going to look this up because this is going to do my head in. Okay, go on. I thought it was called the red, and I'm like, I'm going mad now because it's the J Lib album. Right, Champion Sounds. Yeah, and it's like. At the start, it's just like that, but it doesn't. What's go the into... intro track? Is it? Um, I don't know. This is fucking mental. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. This is what we need to do, mate. Yeah, this is, this is the way it's sound The red, yeah, but it's not. That's not that instrumental. It's like it's just disappeared. Maybe I've, it's the remix. I've got a feeling that they. You're, you're thinking this confused me years ago. They mistitled a track or something. Because the, the the lyric in it is like the red, like it says it. It's like I can't. I'm not gonna sing it because it's like it's fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. Right. Let's. I'm gonna look for the remix then. Yeah, it's got to be on, that. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is fucking mad. Let's do it. This is what I'm thinking of. What's this one then? You never heard this? OMG, mate. This oh is yeah, no, this is sick. This is sick. Yeah. Now this is much better. So what's this one called? This. Now that is fucking hard. Hey, tell me about it, shit. So that's the Jay Diller remix of the yeah. Red. But well, I always thought it was just called the Red. Let's be honest, that's that is Listen sick. To it. That is sick. And then we're just going. Yeah, man. 
I'm so glad I picked Mad Lib now. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a <laughs> great so show. I'm so glad I picked So, Mad yeah, sorry you had to wait for about 25 minutes for me to work <laughs> out the it, name though. of the worth, song. Worth it, though. Worth it. Now we know. The remix. Now we know. The Red remix. Cool. Right, we're going to take a really brief break and then we're going to get into a couple of little bits about the album, answer some questions, uh, and then get out of your hair. So, we're going to have a little <laughs> break and we'll be back. Okay, so we just had a little break there, just had some like water and just relax. But basically, what we were doing is just showing each other our favourite Jay Diller instrumentals, <laughs> and just and I was going, "Have you heard that Eleanor Rigby sample?" Eleanor Rigby, what? And I was like, "Yeah, listen to this," and it was like "Stressed" by Gilly Simpson. If you've never heard that, it's sick, sick. I know you could do like an eight-hour like playlist. Oh, um, mate, for sure. If you wanted to. Yeah, you know I mean, I remember I had, the iTunes, I had an iTunes Jay Diller playlist that me and the boys listened to when we were chilling. I used to live with my mates, and it would be like. I'm sure it's about six hours long. Yeah, but mate, there's, there's a um, there's no filler. There's a playlist on Spotify some geezers put together, and it's just called Jay Diller Productions. So it's like his own stuff, but stuff he's produced for other people, and all the remixes, and it's like oh, seventeen what? hours long or something like that. <laughs> yeah, considering how young he died, he produced a shit ton he of material. Did, he was around for time, mate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, so yeah, hero. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. So we've gone on to uh, talk a little bit about like Dre's production style. And we mentioned that he's not really like an MC. He's not really a rapper. No, no he's no. more of a producer. So yeah, um, I've asked first, a few people. Yeah, first um, superstar producer for sure, yeah, yeah. for definite, and yeah, exactly, and, and been that crossover. Like we know, sort of like Kanye now is like. I make the beats and I like rap over them and all the rest of it. But Dre really had that like kind of sewn up, I think, from the start. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I'd like to know your personal favourite five MCs. And um, the reason that we ask for personal favourites is I think that maybe one or two would interchange, but essentially most people would agree on a sort of top five. Um, but it's it's always really interesting to know people's personal favourites because they don't always correlate with who are the best. I like know? I like the fact you made the distinction there. Yeah, because otherwise it's just like yeah. Jay Z, yeah. Nas, Biggie, Eminem, Biggie. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like okay, we get it's it. true. And, and like you said there, it's, again, it's flexible, mate. Because yeah. I would always I was doing these five at home, and um, it changes all the time. Like I remember in the uh, probably late noughties, my three used to be most deaf. Lupe Fiasco and MF Doom. They were my three. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you're leaving all these people out. But now when I look at, since like 10, 10 12 years later, yeah. if I'm looking at like my top five favourite MCs, yeah. um, and for the kind of uh, rewindability shit, like, you yeah. know, you're like, oh, fuck, what did he just say? So I'm going with uh, M. Yeah. Got to be M. Like, his albums have been, Come bad. Yeah. I'll give you that. Kamikaze. I, I was going to say, what did you think of Kamikaze? Because I really liked it, man. I, liked I, was, it, I listened mate. to it again the other day, and I was like, this is fucking good. Like, yeah. this is really good. It's fucking great. Yeah. What more do you want from M album? Yeah. I can see why new heads hate it, and I don't think he needs to use like the f word for Tyler in that. Everyone yeah. has massive like out, and again, it's outrage culture and this yeah. whole thing that's out now. But I sometimes think that um, when you don't need to do it, like he didn't need to do that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of just like I oh, could could it's got didn't have to do that, but. Generally, the album's sick, man. The wordplay is amazing. The way I put it down on the pod, because we, we, we argued um, Slim Shady LP uh, against Midnight Marauders. <laughs> against uh, Tikal by Method Man. So there's that okay. three-way argument okay, on that. Yeah. And um, the way I looked at it was like, when M is good, he's probably the best. Yeah. But when he's bad, he's probably top five worst. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's really bad. Yeah. Like, there's, there's lyrics... That just can't I can't get with, but the fact that it outweighs it with his good shit, like the invasion series yeah. he had against uh, Benzino in the yeah, noise, 
I mean, I'm, I'm not in my teens then. I'm like in my twenties, and I'm like a little fucking kid. And some of those early freestyles are just fucking. Like, it is reminiscent. I know he's a big Big L fan, but they were reminiscent of like Big L like level of ability and wordplay and punchlines. But yeah, yeah, you're right. When he's bad, yeah, he just is so corny and yeah. because his like technical ability is amazing. Mm. Like his ability to rhyme and create rhyme schemes is incredible. That mm. I think sometimes he forgets like what the tone of the record is. Yes. And it just becomes a bit jokey and yeah. not in a like his early stuff is like there's jokes and punchlines in the same way as Big L had, mm. but it was all in the theme of like this is why I'm better than you, yeah, or this is why I'm gonna fuck you up, yeah. Whereas like I think M sometimes gets lost in these ideas and concepts and they're just like they just become a bit cheesy yeah. jokes, you know. But mate, do you know what for me it comes down to the fact that this is how far the culture's moved on. Totally, like, if he if he was just the nineties eighties MC, he'd probably be up there. Oh, oh yeah, sure. everyone be there. But I think the fact that now it's become an, an artistry and like an art form where you can express yourself in loads of different ways, I feel like his music, uh, like that second to last album, was f- one of the worst things yeah, I've ever heard. So and I, and I, that's the hard hard thing. I'm like, yeah. I fucking love you and you've done that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I would say that as an artist, he's probably not even near the top of the game but yeah. as if you're talking about MCs yeah. then yeah yeah, he, he's in there and, and I guess it's, it's your personal favourite so, exactly man. You know, that's, that's cool so, so we've got, so we got M and M M, in the list. M Rakim yeah. just because again best voice in hip hop for me Know the Ledge one of my favourite tracks of all time yeah. and again uh, just simple sharp and just complicated at the same time it's amazing yeah MF Doom, I talked about him earlier. I know people, some people hate him, but some yeah. people, when they love him, they really love him. But for me, it's just someone who's consistently done it over two decades, yeah. and people can't get with his flow. But for me, it's like unlocking a puzzle. Once you get yeah. in, you're getting loads of stuff out of it. It keeps giving. Um, then I'm going most deaf, yeah. just because even though he's fallen off a little bit, I would say most for me had me for so long that I can't give him up because yeah. like Black on Both Sides is still one of my favourite albums of all time. But, but also he's another one, like his talent, like an ability like his actual technical rap ability yeah. is fucking brilliant. Incredible. Like he is amazing most Incredible time. man. Yeah. Incredible. Like if you listen to a cipher where he's there with Big Porn, Cannabis, DMX, uh, there's a cipher everyone wants like it's, it's on YouTube and shit. And like he brings fucking he, he can hold his thing he can hold ground with anyone and, yeah, and I, I think Moses sure. and as an artist he's amazing um, I'm not so sure like I know he introduced like singing rap and shit like that as yeah, well into yeah. it, but I love him he says so I, 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 I put him in there and then my fifth one mate was a fucking battle because I was it's like always the hardest one isn't it it is man and it was like Biggie gotta be Biggie has it it's gotta be Biggie right gotta be Biggie and you're like yeah it has to be but you're like Naz fuck so uh, at the moment it's Biggie Okay. at the moment it's Biggie but then tomorrow it could be fucking nasty. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you know what this? So, the thing about this question is like, because I always want to know like what the guests think, and but I'm always thinking about my personal five. Yeah. And every single time that we've done it, I can't remember who I picked before. And I'm pretty certain <laughs> yeah. that it would be different. Yeah, man, all the time. Because the time. I think that's the beauty of it is like you listen to something for a little bit. You know, like for for Crate 808, um, I think I'm going to bring the infamous right. Yes. So I've been listening oh. to Mob D, and we did that as an album on on Notorious, and I was like, okay. I'm gonna just like listen to this album, and I started to realise like I really, really like like Prodigy oh, as no, a rapper. Like, I really like him. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself like, fuck, like he should be in my like personal favourites. Yeah. And I was like, I've never really considered it because I always kind of think of like Mob Deep as a unit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just like no, like he is fucking brilliant. Yeah, like I really like him, and I was it, just like fuck, maybe why he is would he, be in it. Why is he not? In my t- it's a kind of similar thing I have with Method Man. Yeah. And I was like, I love Method Man. Why is he not in my t- like? And yeah. he keeps doing it like. You talk about maturing MCs, Black Thought, Method Man, all yeah. these people. Like now, 
like, Blackthorpe's better than he's ever been. Yeah, Blackthorpe is better than he's ever been. You're like, fuck, I used to love that. And, he, and he's bringing it as well in the yeah. 90s. It's not like he's shit. He's like doing clones and yeah. all these tracks in the 90s where you're like, okay, he's amazing. And now you're like, okay, now nah, he's a beast, mate. Yeah. So do you think that's yeah. like a little bit because we, we live in an era where it's like uh, kind of the sound rather than the content. And he is very much like content. And, and because a lot of that generation of rappers are either retired or mm. they're a little bit, not I wouldn't say bitter, but they're, there's a kind of reluctance to kind of get involved. They just want to stand on yeah. the sidelines and go, this is shit compared to what we used to do. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. he's just like, I'll just fucking show you. Yeah. Like, watch this. Yeah. Like, that freestyle that was like two years old oh, that just went viral like last year. People were just going for it, weren't I was they? like, well, who's this guy? I'm like, I know. It's Black Thor, but like, people don't yeah. have access to mm. artists that have been pushed in the forefront who are legendary mm. and are getting... You know that lyrical side, but, but that, really. the word you were using there—they're artists, mate. They're not yeah. just MCs anymore. That's the difference yeah. with Eminem. Like Black Thought and Method Man are like—they're in that new uh, HBO show, The Deuce. The guy yeah. who made The Wire made that, right? So they're—they're they're acting now as well. Like yeah. their artistry goes into other realms. Like, I would say Meth is probably—I don't know—I was about to say—is he a better actor than Tupac? Like Tupac was a great fucking yeah, actor. Tupac was but, really good. I think. But then Meth is still like fucking great. Cheese Wagstaff in The Wire, yeah, mate. I'm like, what great. the fuck? But I love Cheese Wagstaff. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I I think there's a difference between MCs and artists, but yeah, I, I I'm, I'm I'm sticking with that five man for yeah. now. Just yeah. um, just a bit of crossover because we were talking about Jay Diller and we, we just spoke about MF Doom being in top five. Have you listened to much of uh, Jay Stay Paid album, which was the one that was posthumous? Yeah, it's the one that got yeah. So it came out like it's got the it's got the white album cover, the blue in the back. Yeah, it's like, yeah, 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 like yeah, smoke. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. I, I take it you've heard that firewood drumsticks MF Doom uh, and oh, Diller. God, play it now, play it because. Too. This when I first heard this, this absolutely blew me away, and it really like made me realise that MF Doom is actually like elite level. Like I've always thought he was amazing, but um, mm. yeah, you know when someone just like blows you away and you think actually holy shit, like this is incredible. Because um, like, again, he's another one that's got so much fucking content out there that you think I can't even remember tracks that I've missed, just completely yeah. missed. Oh, I've just lost connection. That's great. Oh, uh, but yeah. Oh, here we go. Well, spell, see, blah, 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 how well the heat, give them hell. What's on your instrumental is ridiculous. Stop the cruel little losers, pull the sub off midnight, break the day like loads of bread. Clever is way overhead. Nice to speak, make them up, it's the gear quailer. From the greater good, the hood. Mate, it's, it's, it's the statico flow, it's the yeah. way, it's voice, it's like... The flow phases people, and it I does. get that, because it it's like, oh, it doesn't rhyme, or it's out of time, or this, this, but that is by design. Like, yeah. that's not like him just going, oh, I don't really know how to make if this you, work. If you're worried about flow, and you're like, oh, he doesn't flow, listen to That's That, because yeah. That's That, if you want all of it, he does it all in that track, yeah. and I think That's That is one of them tracks where you think, okay, it's probably one of the best of all time. Oh, all right. So, so it's got to, got to clean out the beans. <laughs> I love this. It's so Mate, DIY. It's so I good. love this. Shit. I love this. Love it. I think the, right. uh, the, oh, the cleaner Thanks. wants to get in on the uh, yeah. podcast. Good work. What do you think of the chronic? <laughs> um, so, mate, uh, talking about our five favourite MCs. Uh, yes. Going to go back into the chronic. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favourite like lyric or verse that stands out on here? <sighs> favourite lyrical verse. So again, this is kind of like. Uh, I don't like you talking about Let Me Run. I keep thinking of talking about that all the time. But like, um, so Let Me Run, I really enjoy, because I remember reading like a source, and again, that's another thing, like a Bible as a kid yeah. was a source. I used to pour over that. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Peace out. Uh, I would say the source was one of them ones where I was like, uh, there's, a, there's the whole 
like section on Dre started with like, is it Dre? Is it Dre? That's what they say yeah. every single motherfucking day. And we're reading that and being like, oh shit, yeah, no, that's it. He is the one right now. Yeah. And everyone is talking about, they only want to hear that. So that lyric always stuck out to me. But for, for me, the catchiness of Snoop in what he brings, clearly G thing, when he's bringing like the, um, uh, it's one, two, three mm-hmm. into the yeah. fall. Still yeah. Dougie Doug and Dr. Dre. Is that like is legendary down. though. Isn't Everyone it? knows that. Your mum knows that. Yeah. Everyone knows that. That's classic. But there's one on Strand on Death Row, right? I've got it written down here actually, two seconds, I need to get this out. Um, and it's um, near the end. Uh, first of all, Strand on Death Row is one of the underrated posse cuts because like, everyone brings it on that. Yeah. I think it's Bushwick Bill at the start of that as well. And like, what's he saying now? He says something like, um, you know, it's always the quiet ones that like will always riot. No, it's yeah. not. It's the fucking loud <laughs> ones as well. Fox. <laughs> the Larry yeah. Fox will riot. But um, Snoop, at the end of his verse, he says, um, uh, how's he go? Oh, I'm not flagging, but I'm just sagging. I bet you don't want to see a D-O-double-G. You know that bit, yeah. right? I love the fact he's rapping and then he sings. Yeah. You know, what the fuck are you singing for? It's like a singing rap that people rinse nowadays. Yeah. So I was digging into that and um, it's a crip song so Dre was like he had that as a rap and Dre was like no you sing that motherfucker and he's like what no 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 I'm not singing he's no sing it like like we do like Crips do sing that and I'm going to put it keep it like that and it works perfectly lifts the trap to another level for me so when that Stranded Death Row can just be a posse cut but the thing that elevates it and this is Dre as a fucking producer man he hears that shit and you go okay Snoop might have wrote Dre's rhymes. T.O.C. might have wrote all the fucking rhymes. But there's only one motherfucker there who's going, do you know what? This is what sounds elite compared yeah. to sounds good. And that's true of like, um, you know, Dre as a producer, I think is like everything that he puts out for himself or for other people. Yeah. He really gets the most, like really squeezes the most out of the artist that he's using. And, and like you said, that, that shows his level of kind of insight into, I've got this guy who's mm. got something Mm. And I'm going to maximise his appeal. You know, other people would be like, Snoop's a great rapper, I'm just going to make him straight up, yeah. just spit bars. But he, he made him more than that, and I think that helped him in his later career. I think I think that's the producer aspect of it. Like, um, so I was uh, arguing with someone the other day, they were like, yeah, but how can you really, like, say it's his best album when he hasn't written it? Yeah. I was like, he didn't write Still Dre. Yeah. Like, Jay-Z wrote that. You're going to stop listening to Still Dre? Yeah. Like, are you going to say that's not his best track? Like, yeah. it, you can't... I think what it is for me is there's a big, big difference between composing or writing yeah. and producing yeah. like DJ Quick like mixed this album right yeah. and composed loads of shit on here and I think Daz Daz, like, uh, Daz Dillinger was like yeah. a lot of the beats were his beats so you think yeah but where's the line the line is where Daz makes that beat and he makes that hi-hat and he does that rap and there's one guy in the room who says nah this is how it all fits together yeah. and this is how we package it and this is how it will sound and on the Defiant Ones on the Netflix show where it's like Jimmy Iovine who's like yeah. he's got an ear for production when he heard the, de- the demo for Chronic and he was like okay I've never heard anything mixed or produced this well What? where did you do this he was like oh, I just did it on my own Yeah. what do you mean did it on your own no studio engineer no I engineered it myself yeah. there's an element of like technical ability then there's the ear for sound yeah. and I feel like that's where this album kind of sets itself differently to others where he'll he can do that like he can get the best out of someone like an artist and he can also be like get the best out of the beats package it right 
and there's not like he's not flaws. There's a few flaws in the album, but like yeah. it's 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 of a piece. Like it's you know, yeah, man. for sure. Yeah. And, and you know that's that's certainly one thing that I think most people would agree on is like Dre's uh, mixing and production is fucking yeah, it's unreal, man. It's unreal, man. Um, we got a couple of listener questions, mate. Okay, we cool. got one from uh, at Big Sammy J, Sam Johnson. Big uh, he says, given Dre's desire for evolution and the long periods between his solo releases, how much of the chronic, if any? do you see in 2001 and Compton? And how did it shape Dre going forwards? Or do you think his work with other artists shaped where he went? It's a lot there, isn't it? It's deep, isn't it? Yeah. So I guess, if we break it down, so given Dre's desire for evolution and the long periods between his solo releases, how much of the chronic, if any, do you see in 2001? So I think one of the big things, I'm not sure if I'm completely right on this, it might just be subjective or whatever, so I'm sure someone will probably put me right on Twitter. But uh, (laughs) the way I look at it is this, like... Hip hop is completely about samples, right? And it's, it's 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 a hotbed of like that. And I feel like what this did, although it genuinely did have samples, clearly, and it was Parliament and Funkadelic and Little Ghetto Boy and Donny Hathaway and all this, I do think that he made it more musical. Like it's about live instrumentation for one thing. Yeah. So it's not just you sampling and putting a, a drum beat on it. He's made it live instruments. I think that went on into the Chronic two thousand and one. Yeah. I think that when you listen to Compton. I, like, I really like Compton. I think the synths are a little bit overbearing yeah. at times, but I, th- I do like that album. And I feel like if anything he's definitely done is the fact that he'll embrace things. He's in, he showed that he'll embrace the musicality of hip hop rather than just the sample rap yeah. drum beat. So I reckon that definitely evolved. And I think if you're looking at like what he did in the Chronic and then went on to do again, is elevate an artist. And yes, it'll write for him, but he did it with this. He then did it with Eminem. Yeah, clearly, and then you look at like where he went on from that. Yes, he still chipped in with them, but then you look at like now, if you're looking at like impact of legacy as well as 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 where the chronic tap two thousand chronic still sounds, there would be no Kendrick Lamar, and yeah. he's he's if you're talking about my favorite rapper right now, it's Kendrick, yeah. and and I feel like Good Kid, Mad City, kind of even though sonically it may not sound like Chronic completely, it's got the Dre vibe, yeah. and it definitely has that uh, like Backstreet freestyle has that kind of switch where you feel like that could be a Dre I don't, I'm not sure who produced that uh, but I'm not sure but it's not it's like that kind of Dre's influence is there and I think anything Dre's done afterwards it may not sound like the chronic but there's this kind of embedded rootness in musicality yeah. in in make you know what the artist is good at so then I'm going to let I'm going to try to elevate the artist yeah. and I feel like Slim Shady LP Marshall Mathers LP does that yeah for definite and I think you're right I think like well say like a primo you can you can tell by the drum pattern and you know the way that he chops up the sample. For sure, you, you can kind of identify primo beats very quickly. Mm. Dre's not quite the same because mm. he doesn't necessarily follow like a strict like structure and pattern, but the level and quality of production, which actually in a weird way, has like with the kind of uh, evolution of technology, yeah, become a level playing field. So yeah. a lot of producers now can replicate a crisp, a really crisp well-produced sound. It's a good shout. But maybe so 10 years ago, Yeah, you, you could just hear his productions. Like, I remember, um, what's the track he did with Mary J. Blige? Uh, the one oh, that was yeah. Like the oh, club hit. fucking track. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. when that played in the club, it just sounded louder than everything else and just better and crystal yeah. clear and it was like, fucking hell, like, you just used to pound. Wait, is, is in the club his? Is 50 Cent's in the club a drink? Uh, yeah. So that, that's, again, Same that's another thing, yeah. club banger. Like, yeah. I think from 2001, it less became about his projects as like an album 
because we can talk about detox if you want to go in yeah. there because he hasn't released that and, it's, yeah. and he's just scrapped it now because clearly he doesn't think it's good enough yeah. so you feel like he didn't become that he became like this kind of overarching figure like where he'd be like nah 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 that's your lead single or yeah. like that's what's going to bang in a club and that's where and Pharrell was around a long time like in the oh, 90s yeah. some tribe and shit but I do feel like the Neptunes their own sound was like do you know what Dre has this kind of it's going to hit you in the fucking face this track and that's what the Neptunes kind of took as well and when you heard like their first album you're like oh shit and then yeah. they went on to rule the raves you know when you go yeah, out they were the production team that were like smashing all the exactly production. man like Noriega and shit do you know what I mean yeah, so man, yeah really. for sure but yeah uh, next Good question. question. Great question. Yeah, great question. Thanks for that, Sam. Appreciate it, mate. Uh, we also got a question from uh, Danny Page. Uh, Danny brackets Pagey Page. Good work. That's nice. <laughs> um, how influential was this album compared to Ice T's original OG album, NWA's Straight Out Compton, and Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style, etc.? I mean, I guess it's hard to say. Um, you know how influential was the, was this album compared to those because you know when they're coming out at different times and, mm. and you know it, impacting on each other essentially yeah it's difficult but I think we spoke a little bit about you know Snoop Dogg's uh, Doggy Style uh, and about essentially the Chronic was almost like an audition for Snoop to be the next big thing absolutely man and then he fully delivers on yeah. Doggy Style which is also a classic absolutely and I think if you're looking at listen to Doggy Style it's just more polished there's less East Coast beats like I would say on Chronic, there's like probably high powered sounds like a little bit East Coast yeah. but it still has that West Coast like kind of flavour to it. But like Doggy Style was completely not that. And I yeah. think that's when Death Row had settled into like this this is us yeah. and, and this is what we're bringing. And I feel like it just all formed a perfect storm for Doggy Style. I think if you talk about like influencing it, it would it obviously clearly it's influenced by Chronic because yeah. you could easily lift a few of them tracks and put them on each other's albums, I think, sure. a few of them. Stranded on Death Row is one that probably could do that. Um, Little Ghetto Boy, maybe even. And um, and then you go on to like, we already talked about Ice Cube, right? So yeah. that album with Ice Cube, like, is completely influenced. Listen to Ice Cube's first album that he comes out as a single, America's Most Wanted. That is, again, like I said earlier, dense, public enemy influenced, bomb squad. It's got this kind of um, rough in your faceness. As he goes on, he still has his lyrics are rough in your face, yeah. but the beats. Definitely more G funk. Yeah. So I would feel like he definitely influenced Cube. Yeah. And that's fine. That's absolutely. That's of course. Because Cube made it himself. Yeah. Like, and he, he influenced the whole coast, like we spoke about. So absolutely, it's understandable if you're an artist from that coast. You yeah. Would, you would lean towards that. So I would think um, his influence is definitely there. I think if you're talking about legacy wise, where where it goes from that is like um, you just wouldn't uh, name me another producer who's invented a genre. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like hardcore hip hop comes from. Dre, even when it's at NWA, yeah. and then you think like, okay, that's that's and Ice T did his thing, of course he did, yeah. yeah. But if you're talking about someone who reached all ears everywhere, it's like, yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, man, uh, I'll, 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 uh, a good question again, but yeah, mm. I'll, that's yeah, what good I'm going Okay, well, normally I'll, this is the point in the show where I say like, oh, if you want to listen to all the tracks, we have a podcast on. Uh, Spotify, but the chronic is not on Spotify. Oh man, I know. Which is tragic. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry, it can't go on the notorious <laughs> podcast joints, but um, you can get it like illegally yeah. on basically on YouTube. Yeah, uh, YouTube. And you YouTube can order it. it, buy it physically on Amazon and loads of other places. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely. Um, right, we've got to get into a couple of quick would you rathers because that is tradition. Um, so sure, we'll, we'll smash these out. Okay. Would you rather mm-hmm. live without the internet or live without heating and AC? <laughs> live without heating. It's okay, right? People did live without heating and AC at some point, right? Yeah. At some point. Yeah. But they never had, like, YouTube. Yeah. Fucking every... I, I, 
I'd rather live without heat and AC. That's fucking really? really bad, isn't it? But I reckon I've got enough about me to get some shelter and fire exposure. The thing is, yeah, I still well, get Wi-Fi, right? Imagine, <laughs> well, imagine, imagine living in a world like to be able to function for all of our jobs, like even the way this podcast recorded is like via an internet-based service. Yes. So imagine that just goes like everything, yeah, like the modern world, like my job, like everything. Mate, your fantasy football. What are you doing? Yeah. That? Like, how are you going to update your team? You're not. You ain't got one. Do you know what I mean? So like, true. <laughs> and also, you could just like burn like laptops and stuff if you were cold. Like, you've got the internet. You've got fire. That's not going to go. So yeah. I've got fire. And to be fair, in this country, we hardly use AC. Do we? Maybe a month. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say it gets. Sometimes it gets cold, but not yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that's uh, been a few. But summers. it never gets that hot. Really, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm going with that. I'm, yeah, going, I'm going with internet. I think we agree with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, would you rather have to? Okay, this is quite a good one. Would you rather have to read aloud every single word that you read? Okay, so no more internal monologue. Right. No more like reading quietly. You have to read it out loud. Anything okay. you read. So if I Even send text. you, if I send you a text going on the train, fuck off, everyone on this bus is a twat. You, as soon as you read that, you start saying it. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I Or the alternative to that is sing everything that you say out loud. Okay, so a little bit like Snoop on that last section bit of the <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Bro. Um, Am I? I'm, oh fuck yeah! Because how weird that be? Like, no, I can't shout everything I read out. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no. I'm gonna get a lot of jib. Unless like, you were like, I don't know, like had the voice of like Donny Hathaway, which like everything that you sang. Which luckily for you, John, I do. So, <laughs> so I decided to do the rest of my life like that anyway. Yeah, but no, I'm going with singing, man. I'm going. My singing is bad. Yeah, but I'm going with that because. I can sing quietly, right? Or do I have to sing it really like bellowing out? Ju- yeah, just that level out. level, yeah. Okay, now I'm going to sing it out, mate. I'm going to do it. Should I try it out for a day? Yeah, go on. <laughs> Give us your no. Twitter handle in your singing voice. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. No one needs to hear that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, good, good. I like those. They're good. No, they're good questions. I, I, yeah. I enjoyed them. They were good fun. Yeah. Well, look, um, we've come to pretty much the end now, so thank you very much for listening. Um, if you're not following us already on Twitter, it's notorious P underscore O underscore D. You can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's at the real John Bass. Uh, this pod's available everywhere. So if you've got mates that like hip hop and they're not listening to it already, just tell them to search for Notorious Pod and they'll be able to find it. If you want to leave us like, I know everyone asks for it, but it does like help uh, leaving reviews and like ratings and stuff. Preferably good ones. Like don't slag us <laughs> off. Don't go on there and go one star dog shit. They don't know what they're talking about. Who's this killer can? What's he up to? Who who is this guy? Yeah, no more Northerners allowed. Like ban for life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mate, thanks so much for coming down. Mate, thank you for having me on, man. Seriously, mate, it's, been it's, been, it's been such a good laugh. Yeah, I really, really I can't wait it. to have you boys on Cray 808. Seriously, man. It's, it's going to be great. So just because um, you've got like the socials for Cray 808 up already, haven't you? Yeah, just I do. remind everyone where they can follow you. So uh, Twitter is still both of these are still growing, by the way. Twitter is uh, at Cray. 808 so that's just me just to be fair on Twitter I'm just being a bit random with my stream of consciousness thoughts kind of thing yeah. I see that like, all these this is the thing like the social game so we work at Bleacher Report our social game is quite tight yeah. but like I feel like on the rap hip hop sphere there's just a lot of people like jumping on anniversaries yeah. and, like who's your top fives Man, totally it's what it all, all of it is and I don't, you know, I don't mind that yeah, it's good same. fun if I'm bored and I like that it's all good but I love it when people like DJ Booth or um uh, the Ringo do good stuff as well like when they drop like a good take yeah. and a good read uh, oh, oh man I'm in like, uh, yeah so I, I, I like uh, uh, writers like Stereo Williams and Chase Ron I don't know if you heard these guys but uh, that, that I love Twitter for that so Crate808 at Twitter and on Instagram it's Crate808 uh, underscore 808 because someone oh. nicked Crate808 I know <laughs> find them mate yeah. Find them down yeah and on there we've just got uh, random at the moment it's just random photos going back to the 90s with a few questions to get you going 
but then we're going to have our own like images coming on there and when the pod's up there are a few debates going on there so yeah mate we can like so we, we'll definitely like promote uh, create 808 on this pod so when Pretty it's up sure, and ready we'll, we'll push out the word it's all lovely um, big up to the cleaner <laughs> fair play to a fucking sterling job to, what a good, good job mate professional solid. Mate, solid. She was having nothing. Like, yeah. I'm getting that bin, motherfucker. Yeah, she knocked on the window and I like, put my hand up as if to say, like, oh, no, it's fine. And, I don't and she's like, no, I need the bin. Yeah, like, I need the bin. Having it, it's mate. my job, mate. Yeah. What I'm are you doing? Man. Yeah, she's really good as well. She's a really nice lady. So thanks for... Can we get, you got to get her on one time. I've man. got to get her on. Yeah, yeah just, get, just ask her about a few... Just a couple of Maybe what them, uh, what them ones that would you rather's? Yeah. Or just like, <laughs> what do you think of this Jay Diller instrument on? Like, what do you think of this? I think that's a nice little section of the live reaction. I'd like it, mate. I like it. Yeah, yeah. yourself. Thanks everyone for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, we're going to go jump in a car, put Let's Ride On, and do a couple of drive bys on whoever nicked Crate 8 or Let me ride, let's please, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we'll see you guys uh, next week. Actually, we've got an exciting guest coming on Tony D, one of the greatest battle rappers this country has ever that produced. Big. That is big, that's Mate, huge. Hench. Mate, so we're going to be that. doing Reasonable Doubt, Jay Z. I can't wait. Yeah, Mate, I'm in. I'm in. It's going to be a crazy Inject so. it into my veins. Yeah, get it in there. <laughs> and we've also got uh, a little Grime special, Kano's album, uh, Home Sweet, Sweet Home. Nice. We've got loads of stuff coming. We're going to do UK specials, so Grime artists. Uh, we're going to do like Soul and Motown albums, loads of shit coming. Serious? So, yeah, man. What okay, we want to do is try and take the like Notorious POD style, mm-hmm. which as you can see is like fairly off the cuff and loose. I like it though, man. Uh, and just get people's like favourite albums. Yeah, man. Love that. Which Love is it. cool. So thanks very much for joining us. Uh, Get ready for the next episode. Peace. Peace. This is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore. You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore. And we're going to cover all the goddamn classics. Notorious P.O.D. We're going to smash it. Peace!